Welcome to Player One Bites, a segment of the Player One podcast where you guys can listen in on extra little tidbits and bits of information that you might not be able to get normally. Joining us on Player One Bites, let's let's treat this kind of like a talk show, like a little 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 bit of like like a, like a one on one. We have uh, two people who have played a video game that I have not played. Hi, I'm uh, Daniel, otherwise known as Ro Daniel, on the main. Radio show. You're suppo- you are a producer man. He'll hit it in the background. Correct. Not allowed to say much, in, but you still do anyway. I still do anyway because he's do what I want. Top man. He's gunning for season four. Yes. And my co-host, Nick. Nicholas. Yeah. So the reason you're here, and the reason we're doing this thing, is because during the actual main live recordings of the show, you guys got access to a review code. Of uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Specifically, guys, me. plural? No. Well, no, I bought my copy. What about you? No, I didn't. I got my copy from a review code. You guys are here uh, on this lovely day to discuss your uh, thoughts and opinions on the games more in depth than what you have in the impressions you've given yeah. us on the show because we don't have a lot of time. This is a this is a platform for you to review the game more seriously for fans who might want more information about it. Yeah, we we thought it would be best that we both finish the game and take special time to film it. Film it? Sorry. Discuss Record it. To it. Discuss, discuss it. Yeah, yeah so in its own little thing. To get this started, what exactly is Bloodstained Ritual of the Night? Bloodstained Ritual of the Night is a game by Igarashi, who is mostly known and exclusively known for his Castlevania games under the Igavania brand, which is sort of like Metroidvanias, but their own little spin on them. Yeah. He created Castlevania Symphony of the Night, or he was the leading man behind that game, which pretty much signified and created a genre that we all love today called Metroidvanias. And after that, he went on to make a plethora of Metroidvania games until... Konami kind of uh, decided to kill itself, basically. Yeah. Fire the man. I believe I believe he left on his own terms. Yeah, he did. Because he just didn't see the, you know, him and the company seeing eye to eye. Meanwhile, Kojima, who was running Metal Gear Solid, their other big brand or series of games, just got booted. And I guess Igarashi was like, this isn't the same. And decided he was li- he was inspired by... Keiji Inafune, who left Capcom in 2010, who he, that guy is a big player on the Mega Man series. He was one of the key people behind Mega Man, if not the artist, I believe. It's interesting. He did not come up with the design for Mega Man, but is credited for it. Very fascinating tidbit. But uh, Keiji Inafune went, went to Kickstarter and created his own Mega Man spiritual successor and was a very successful Kickstarter and not a very successful game. And that inspired... The idea of kickstarting a game inspired Igarashi to come up with his own because he believed that there there's still room for Metroidvanias or the, his Igervania brand of Metroidvania 
that was not that kid Konami or anyone else wouldn't see. Mm-hmm. And he was right. I believe the Kickstarter went extremely like, well. Yeah. yeah. Though um, a lot of people were again cautious because of what happened with Mighty Number no. Nine. Yeah. And the fact the game had countless delays. However, recently the game finally come out, and did live up to the hype. I'd well, say yeah. Yeah. That's not for me to decide. It's for you yeah. to decide. Yeah. So with with the, with this game, first I'd like to discuss basically what you guys think are like the the net positives of it. The net. What do you positives? like? What do you like about it? Probably my favorite thing about the game is the fact that it feels like another Igavania game. Yeah. Like Igavania never, like Igarashi never left, and he continued making games. And this is just a natural development from Symphony of the Night to Dawn of Sorrow that's, all the way to now. That's what's interesting about we got two different perspectives here. Daniel has played through the through the the Metroidvania or the Igavania Castlevania games that preceded. Oh, sorry, succeeded Symphony of the Night. I've only played Symphony Symphony of the Night, so I'm jumping from Symphony to Ritual, mm. and I believe it's fair for me to com- to compare that game because it's taking the namesake Ritual Symphony of the Night. But you have this interesting perspective where you get to see the evolution and what went behind some of the concepts that he developed for these for the other Castlevania games that went into this because I remember we were talking about this and one of the big one of the big con- like concepts mechanics of Bloodstained is shards traditionally in a Metroidvania you would get upgrades through progressing through the game and like you know that would be like foundational upgrades that will let you or allow you your character to feel stronger better you get gain new weapons from bosses and whatnot. In Bloodstained, you get weapons or new attack forms through fighting normal enemies. Mm. And through a random drop, you yeah. get shards, which is very reminiscent of the Dawn of Sorrow games, as well as um, the, I think, Ecclesia games. The last game Igarashi made for the DS, which had the whole kind of like soul, Demon Souls kind of system, is which is identical to the shards. Identical? Pr- practically identical. So, like... X button, R button, like there are three different, there are three attack shards and manipulations and like the different, basically like the different types of shards. Not sure if I've had that because Igarashi even claims himself that Bloodstained has like the most in-depth kind of like system, shard system or soul system, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. That was something I didn't get used to when Mm. playing this game because for me it was, because I was expecting the run of the mill, Symphony of the Night. Because my, again, for me, the stick-out thing for me for this game was the feel. Defi- even though I played the Switch version, which had a lot of performance issues, it felt like Symphony, or it felt like a like the next game in mm. that kind of style. And so for, so for jump from jumping to the classic Castlevania sub-weapons you, by gaining hearts to jumping to shards, where it's this whole entire system... It was. I found it. I found it a little difficult to get used to, and I, I only really got into it and only decided figured out how it worked maybe halfway through the game. Which, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like not even just like in the magic, but also the weapons you get. There's a really good variety that you have there. Yeah. You have spears. You have great swords. Short swords. 
bare fists, daggers. There's a large variety the, here. Yeah, the equipable weapons were really, really good. I wish I experimented more. Mm. I kind of felt at points the game didn't give me the opportunity to experiment as much because by the time I was ready to try something or when I wanted to try something, it was just not as effective as something I was using or powering up. Like, I really, really wanted to use the the boots. That's also a problem I had with the game is, as much as I love experimenting with the different weapons, if you just want a strong weapon, you're not going to be able to experiment a whole lot because usually you'll find, like, a short sword that's just stupidly strong. Yeah. And by the end of the game, the strongest weapon in the game, because it's a pinnacle strong weapon, it's just a short sword. Yeah, I, I, fe- I kind of felt bad for using, like, this is the ultimate weapon they give you rather than making up your own one. Yeah, I know what you mean. Especially during the final boss where I attempted many times to use a weapon that I really liked. But I, in the end, the weapon, the big holy, like, this is the best version, like, this is the best weapon grandiose one was the one that was effective for that fight you could argue this is a major problem with all the Igavenia games really even with like Symphony of the Night I yeah I'd say yeah I definitely would say something for that Symphony but my my memory of Symphony was I got I got to use the weapon specifically there was a weapon in Symphony of the Night which I believe from memory was called the Holy Rod yeah it's my favourite weapon I used that to the end game, nothing stopped me from using that. Not even Isla-Card's, like full gear, alma, like armor and stuff. I guess the difference between the two games is with Ritual of the Night. With Ritual of the Night, the whole big strong man weapon is just there. You cap- you're capable of getting it mm. because it shows you that it exists. Yeah. With something in the night, you could you don't know it exists. Of course, unless you use a freaking guide. You have to. But you, you have, have to, to find, find it. it. Yeah, you wouldn't know it exists. It's so a, it's a big secret and it's a big reward in a way for you finding it. Yeah, I really do like how this game is customizable. Like it feels very customizable. Mm. At that, even Again, with it, armor. Yeah, the armors were nice. I really liked how you could change your the main character Miriam. You could uh, change the physical appearance of the character very slightly. Yeah, but like I really enjoyed that. From hair color, st- skin color, hairstyle, colored outfits. Yeah, it's like making your own Smash alt color <laughs> in a way. If only. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've looked at the good. What didn't we like about the game? Because we we touched on briefly for a bit. Yeah. I think, for me, my my problem is I really got set in my own way and I felt like I couldn't go out of it. You couldn't vary in what you yeah. did? So basically, like, yeah. it's more specifically with the shards because during... So the only time I would experiment with shards is during boss fights where... Because you kind of find a groove with your shards. So for me, I found which I think a lot of people used in the end anyway, was which was the True Arrow and the Welcome Company shard, which summons portraits around you, and the True Arrow shoots a, a hefty amount of arrows in a, any direction you want. And those two, and they were, those two were low cost, and they worked really well. And so because they were so good, I didn't feel like I needed to experiment, but I really wanted to, and when I did everything I used felt ineffective unless it was very situational. Mm. So, And very situational meant boss fights. So for me, I normally used the... There was a poison shard, which would poison the enemy, 
I would switch, I would use that on the, I would use that on the boss, poison them, switch back to the true arrow or the welcome company. Mm. And that's as far as I went. But I really, really wanted to um, do more with it. That's also a problem with shards, at least for one area. And we might delve a bit into spoiler territory. It's not really spoiler territory. It's, it's, it's the more progression. Yeah, it's more like, progression. Yeah, it, I'd say like the shards and shards impacting progression is its problem. Mm. That that for me was the biggest problem for this. It wasn't a problem when you got the shard from a boss fight. Yeah. But the fact that to progress in a certain area you need a shard from a specific enemy. Yeah. It's a bit annoying. I because you wouldn't know. Yeah. My my personal experience was there's a boss there's a boss where once you defeat her, you get her special ability, mm-hmm. which, which turns into a shard, which is called blood steel, which essentially you suck up blood yeah, and you get your health back. And so after defeating this boss, after many tries, I was like, where do I go? Well, where do I, what do I do now? Because it's not very clear. Mm. I thought my, my normally go-to for Metroidvanias is just keep exploring and you'll find the way. But it, it clicked in my brain. There's an, there's an, area in the first part of the game full of blood and I'm like god damn that's it and so I would go back so I went back there I used blood steel it worked I felt amazing I felt like I found like a cryptic code it was that good aha moment yeah it feels real good and it felt good to explore a new area which was underwater and these underwater caverns my this is where it this is where it gets frustrating because the progression halted because I was looking around, I'm like, okay, where do I go? There's a lot of underwater areas, but I don't have the shard from a probably from a boss yeah. to get there. So or I'm like, an okay. item, that's what I thought. Yeah. Maybe it's some boots. Yeah. Go go Zelda Ocarina of Time. Give me the blo- give me the fucking iron boots. Mm-hmm. Whatever. And so well, what happened was I got really frustrated. I gave in, I looked up a guide, and apparently in the in the section in the underwater cavern section, there are there are just n- normal enemies you kill and whatever. They have the potential to drop a shard that allows you to progress, which was basically that allows you to traverse underwater in a interesting fashion. Mm. But to get that, and that was ran- that's randomly generated. Yeah. As in, it's not ma- it's not like it's mandatory. You pick it up with the first one you get. There's no em- there's no special emphasis. There's no, no nothing. What they should have done is have an entrance, just a regular, normal-ass entrance, have the enemy there, 100% drop rate, boom. Have a, yeah, have a room where it's almost like tutorial level level design, where basically you see these caverns and you see it's underwater and the enemy's standing right there. You kill it for, and you get, the shot, you get the shard automatically 100%, and then you read the description which says something about underwater, you use it, you jump down underwater, you start using it, and you find it, it works. And then you've, you've taught the player, oh, that's how it works. That's if you're going to go the route, the route of, I'm going to put really mandatory upgrades in not everyday shards, mm. which you can just pick up from anything. So if you're going to do it like that, do it like that, where the pickup is basically, if you're going to pick it up from a random enemy... Do it in a tutorial fashion. Yeah. Yeah, and what's really interesting is the fact that there is a water kind of boss in Curse of the Moon that goes unused in Ritual of the Night. Is there now? Yeah. 
Okay. And you know what? Because you've been silent the entire time. Yeah, bro. George. Remember Curse of the Moon? Yeah, that I water really, boss, the I weird re- turtle thing. I really liked him. He was a fun boss. Yeah. They didn't use him. Yeah, that's weird. They yeah. used the uh, they used the big money man. Didn't they used they? everybody. Yeah, they used the money man. Yeah, no, they used the big train robot. Yep, they used the two dragon heads. Ah, they used everybody except Waterman. Waterman. Maybe it was cut. I don't know. DLC. We don't know. But I think if shot, yeah, if they fix this, I think if they if there's a blood stain two or something, make it make it so it's obvious. <laughs> because I was again, I was expecting the the symphony of the night and a, more of a Metroid fusion route where. You get a really mandatory, like, foundational upgrade via a boss or a, after you defeat a boss near the room mm. of the boss. Where, like, you know, that's the thing, right? You get double jump, which, from a boss. So it leads you to think, it leads you to think, okay, I'm going to get all my big upgrades from there. And so I was towards the end of the game, I was in the end game pretty much. And I'm like, I still haven't gotten moon jump, like the high jump which is basically you can jump super high and you can keep doing it. And I'm like, where, where is this? I looked it up. You have to craft it. Mm. I'm like, why? Well, I guess Th- the thing is that the item isn't mandatory to actually progress. That's fair. Yeah. But I feel like, well, why should I craft? If you're going to throw things like swimming underwater, which is a big progression in the game, why well, just throw it on an enemy? The countless enemies you could have put that shard on, like, because I, that's that's a lot. That's a very fun move to do. Mm. Once I got that, I was spamming that. That helped me traverse a bit better, honestly for me. But now I think we've talked about what we dislike about the game quite a bit. I reckon we get on track to more of what we liked about the game. Though I have one more thing to say: the game is a bit glitchy here and there, in the sense that yeah, you get these random drops in terms of like items. However, they drop as money bags, and depending on the geometry of the area, you can't pick them up. And that was on my PS... Yeah. You had the PlayStation 4 version. I had the PlayStation 4 version. I had the... I have the Switch version, and so this will make an interesting kind of... Before we jump into the positives, let's jump into performance. Mm. My... my, After playing the Switch version, I'm assuming the Xbox, PC, and PS4 are the definitive versions of this game, no doubt. Correct, because they run way better. Yeah, my... And it looked better, too. What I experienced on my run of Bloodstained from getting it up until finishing it, which was like a, a good month and a bit, which was... I experienced FPS, FPS drops. The music would cut out. The game looks like it's in 480p, like a YouTube video. Sometimes, you know when you go through a room, like you jump up into a room or you go left to a room, it cuts to black for a split second? This is a problem in the PS4 version as well. It would cut out for 10 15 20 seconds and then you'd have and then it will load up the next room and most of the time for me this happened when jumping up into a room so you have to have you have if you're not like jumping towards a left or right ledge or moving around or holding a direction yeah, on the pause screen just, you've just wasted a good 30 seconds of yeah, your life and you're falling um, down i also had software crashes every now and then this is a, this isn't a problem i run into so if you're choosing the PS4 version, Xbox version, or PC version, yeah. not a problem. They, Igarashi said that they were they decided we're going to bring out a a series of small patches to fix the game, and then I believe they only patched they've only patched the game once, and now they've decided that's too hard, and we're going to just give you one big full mega patch 
So when that's ready, maybe we'll jump. I'll jump back into it and see what the differences are. Hopefully, mm. the game runs better. The game looks a bit better. Because graphically, I because I graphically, you look at the PlayStation Four one. It's like so nice. It is really nice looking. That's also thing. Yeah. Um, as much as I like to go, the games art styles kind of e. There are some like scenes and or shots in the environment that looks really really nice. Oh yeah, that. I wish I could remember the name of some of them, but there were. A, there's a specific hallway with a red moon, mm-hmm. which is very which wonderful. Is very striking in your mind for very good reasons. Yeah, mm-hmm. even even on the Switch version, it looked really nice. Some of the oh, there's an area where there's an area, you know, it's like, it's sort of. How do I put this? It's like a, you know, where the the horse and the carriage is. Yeah. That area. Oh, uh, the. It's basically it's spoilers. You know what? Spoiler warning right now. You've been spoiling it for a while now. It's fine. But proper spoiler. The garden area. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think think saying... Garden area is a spoiler. spoiler. One of my my big pluses for this game is the the amount of diversity. When I was writing this down, I wrote worlds because because of how different this castle is compared to something like Symphony, where Symphony, everything felt... It's enclosed. It's yeah. It felt like everything connected, and that's really great. With Ritual of the Night, it felt like expansive. Well, let's put an ice cavern in here. Let's let's put a sand temple in there. Let's put a let's put a thing huge in there. clockwork towers. Yeah, let's just put let's just put mixed everything. with a steampunk area. There's let's put a volcano underground. Yeah, it felt really good. Well, like it was really nice just to because it went for more video gamey than aesthetic. A story. What did you think of the story? <sighs> to be honest, I didn't really care for it. I wasn't yeah. that invested as I would be in, say, Metroidvania or Egovania, Castlevania game. Yeah. Um, not saying those stories are fantastic, but... Just because... It's Castlevania it's, I'm yeah. all involved. The Belmonts. Yeah. You know, Dracula. There's a, there's a history that enriches every story. Though, I feel like, in terms of the characters, you're going to like this game a lot more if you had a good time with Curse of the Moon and actually played that game. Purely because you're going to get attached to the games because, I mean, the characters because you played as them in Curse of the Moon. Yeah. I, it took me a while to really get into the story. Yeah. But it was, by, like, by the midpoint, I was very simply invested. Mm. As in if, I didn't care for all the details, but I cared for the the plot beats. And I did, and art style wise and everything, I actually really opened up to the designs because originally I went for, ah, Standard anime with the big, bloody exaggerated capes and 18th century, like, style Victorian, clothing, Victorian. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, okay. This is just trying to be, like, Castlevania, but anime. But... Then you get characters like... Zengetsu. Yeah. Who's the most on anime-looking... <laughs> I... But the more I played it and the more I started to appreciate it, and I really like Miriam's design the the most... Honestly, like I was thinking, like, oh man, I like to see, like, I'd like to see it pop up in other games or something, just because it's a really nice design, outfit-wise. Just the the tattoos, like tattoos the shards. Really cool. It's yeah. a real, yeah. It's just even the even the villain Jebel was a really good design and whatnot. Just. There, there are some off designs like Dominique. Yeah. I gotta say, Dominique was kind of like, yeah. there's a big lol to fan service. Gotta big say, big fan service character. But 
seeing we're already we're already in spoiled territory. I'm not sure how I feel in terms of the design of the final boss. Like it's cool looking. Yeah. But I, the fight itself is kind of kind of a snooze fest for me. <laughs> for me, because I'm gonna say I'm probably I'm, I suck. <laughs> like I'm good, but <laughs> I'm not the best. Like Daniel. I'm uh, the best video gamer. So when I when I got up to that boss fight, I was like, this was just like a, it was just like an emotional run of like reflexes. Yeah. Trying to get a groove, like figuring out a groove while I have like five yeah. health points. Left. I have to admit, Dominique was pretty challenging. Do- Dominique, I got a rhythm. You got a rhythm going. I got a rhythm to it, and then I, there were points where I didn't take any damage at all, which is crazy for me. But once I got to the big fat guy, oh spoilers. It's just a big fat guy. That <laughs> yeah, it's just a big fat guy. He's like, ah, man. You got You made it. I'm the demon He's king. voiced by Justin Roiland. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I... I liked it. Mm. It was just more like the music, my heart was pounding. It's the music like, oh was my really God, good. Am I going to finish this? Am I going to win? Because I've been playing this... I've been playing Bloodstained for like a month, and I was, I was just ready to... For me, it was just a week. Ready so, to end. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, I think the music didn't really stick with me. Only a select few tracks, to be honest. I honestly feel the opposite. I really like the music, though I do got to admit, for some sections, not as memorable. Though it's kind of hypocrite. It's a bit hypocritical to go. Well, Symphony of the Night had way better music when no, it had really good music. But Symphony of the Night also has a lot of those sleepers as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I judge I judge it by there are a lot of there are a lot of tracks in Ritual that give off a vibe that suits the the different aesthetic of the different sort of what what's a better word for worlds areas levels yeah, yeah. areas suit the areas a bit better but um, for me Symphony Symphony had just I, I judge it by I re- I remember more tracks from Symphony than I do Bloodstained, and if I do remember more, I can re- if I can try to remember more from Bloodstained, but I'm not gonna hum them. Yeah, I know what you mean. That's that's kind of how I would judge the music here. It's good stuff. It works. I still they keep the Castlevania tradition of having great level one or overworld main castle themes, and this one definitely delivers. That's the one I put extended on before Nintendo took everything down <laughs> destroyed YouTube but I'd say yeah that's that's what I think of the music um some of the sound design I've got it's to pretty say, broken sound design is really funny there's a big dude there's a big armored dude and when you hit him <laughs> no it's not even that it's yeah it's it's like they got the Minecraft grunt and <laughs> Paul stretched it for like 10 seconds so when you fight him we'll play it we'll find the exact we'll clip. find the clip and but I'll, do, I'll just demonstrate to Harry here it's just like you, you hit him he's like Yay! and then he starts to fall down on his knees and he goes it, it's it's good it's a good time I gotta say it makes it feel like a video game even further rather than trying to take itself seriously um, so much um, I think probably if you like boss battles, this this game Mwah. delivers. It delivers really well. Delivers. The only issues I would have with boss battles would be just because the performance of the Switch version just sometimes just couldn't cope with it. Yeah. With frame rate drops, so my fra- frame rate drops and lag and all these different things, so I didn't get my 
thing going, but you know, boss fights, man. Boss fights are really good. I really overall, yeah, solid game. I'm really impressed with it. I was completely blown away. Um, to be honest, I was kind of expecting it to be like Mighty Number no. Nine, but no, Igavania coming in, yeah. freaking proving me wrong and a lot of people wrong. Bloodstain is very good and. I was when I was playing through it. I was when I was thinking about it, thinking about playing the game. I was really excited, mm. like it, it juiced my brain up to play it. I did have some issues with it. I'm not going to count the performance issues because in the end, that didn't really impact. It impacted, but it didn't. I can stand not great graphics. I can stand all these different things. I know some people can't, but as a game, the the shard progression, the few shards that halted progression because you didn't know. Mm. Um, didn't know things that would end up making some of the game a bit cryptic in a game that's in a in a year of 2019 <laughs> was just a bit like oh come on really yeah I'm like for the people when I looked up when I looked up these walkthroughs or whatever how did these people find it I'm like Jesus Christ but for the shard progression I think that was a bit of an issue for me I know we didn't really talk about it, and it's a big part of it. It's the crafting system. Mm-hmm. Crafting, I had no problems with shard. I had no problem um, crafting shards and stuff. But when it came to food and recipes, which is like food is like one of the biggest item drops you have. Yeah. What you do, I did not get into it at all. I only realized or I only understood it when I started looking it up and seeing how it works, mm. which sucked, but didn't impact the game that much for me. Food's right. <laughs> yeah. Overall, I'm going to say it again, really impressed. Nick? Very, very good. I would recommend it. No no doubt. It I feels like a game worth your money. How many Georges in the background out of fives? What? Would, what? I don't know. How many Good Georges? game. Go buy it. Ten chicken McNuggets. Ten chicken McNuggets. I got to agree with Harry on this one. Ten rubber chickens... Thank you for the review code. I really enjoyed your game. Thank you. Your game, uh, Igarashi, and the folks making your game. Your Concept. game is going to... Concept. I think. No, that's Inafune. That's Inafune. It's like 505 games. And Inti Creates. They, they left everybody. the project. Yeah, they left. No, they worked on Curse of the Moon. Yeah, they left to work on Curse of the Moon. Yeah, because they were part of the Kickstarter. Anyway, we're done. I hope you enjoyed our thing. Your game's going to get better when you... Meet your stretch goals. Mm-hmm. And then we'll revisit it when that happens. Yep. But big recommend.